Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. I am MKT. That's me talking. You are listening. In case people are not sure, you know, in these day, in this day and age, you can identify as a talker, even though you're listening. And I would have to say yes, but but that just sounds ridiculous. But that's 2023. That is 2023. Can identify as whatever you want. If you want to identify as a basketball, you can identify as a basketball. Now, I don't know what privileges you get for being a basketball. I would imagine roundness, bounciness, or boys. It's not buoyancy because that's a water thing. I don't know. I don't know what bounciness is. There must be a real word for bounciness. Elasticity. No. No, it's not that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't see myself considering the existential needs of the identity of a basketball on this podcast. Sports related, but very confusing. When's that going to come up again? When, when are we going to need to know what a basketball thinks about its identity politic? We're not. It's crazy. I don't even know why I said it. Welcome to the MKT show. At MKT Inspires on social media, slide in the DMs. Otherwise, MKT at the MKTShow.com. Come, come. That's radio. My favorite thing. Uh, you know what? I think it's one of those things where I make fun of it because I, I would love to do a radio gig, you know? It's like when you were young, I'd say for me between 15 and 20. Like, I don't really know how to talk to girls, so I'd make fun of them to try and get their attention, you know? So in this case, I'm being that guy, making fun of radio, but actually, I like it. You know what I mean? I don't like radio, but I would like to be on radio. Maybe. Don't know. Would they give me creative control? Would I have to play Hit Me Baby One More Time or whatever the hits are now? Like Selena Gomez as a singer now, isn't she? What's going on in pop music? Let me know. I don't know. Don't listen to radio. It's absolutely dreadful. But radio. So a lot of people might wonder why do I do that? Because when I was young in 1866, DJs used to do this crazy voice, right? Like, welcome to the top 40 charts. Charts. Even if they're South African, they'd like do a weird accent. Uh, And we used to have these guys called... Who was the... So in South Africa, it was... Ian F and Sasha Martinengo, I think. And they do like, yeah, the five FM charts coming up, number six. Blibbly, blibbody, with blobbody, blobbody. You know, and but they have this cadence of talking, which just, it doesn't sound normal. That's why I like podcasts. Like, people just talk. It sounds ridiculous. You sound, you, you sound ridiculous because coming up after the break, it's, I don't know. Guy with nipple problems at number seven or whatever. Can't imagine the song was called Guy with Nipple Nipple Problems. But you know what I'm saying. Have a, have a normal cadence. Just talk. So anyway, that's why I always do the radio thing. I did get somebody who I presume is young and hasn't heard that radio is a thing and just listens to podcasts. Ask me on the DMs at MKT Inspires on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Those are the two platforms I use. Um... I've got the MKT show on TikTok. So if you're young and you're on the TikToker, you're like, oh, you're so old, you're on Instagram. Please. The MKT show is available on the TikToker. TikTok monster, available there too. Um, What are we talking about today? Uh, Pep Guardiola. Um, You know, wow, what a win yesterday. But we'll talk about uh, Poch going to Chelsea. 
Um, and after sleeping on it, I've got some different thoughts on Poch going to Chelsea right now. And then somebody did slide in the DMs and said who he would spend £150 million on. Uh, that's a striker. I'll give you my thoughts on strikers in the modern day game. Um, but I wanted to start off on this. I was with some friends last night or the night before, can't remember. Anyway, they were discussing being at a one-year-old's birthday. And I'm like, that's not a thing, is it? Like, celebrating a one-year-old's birthday is one of the most... Like, and I'm self-centered, by the way. Like, I'm very self-centered. No baby in the world is going, oh, you know what? I'm one. I need an air fryer. So I said to them... It's ridiculous to celebrate a baby's birthday. And now, I don't have any kids. That'll shock you. I suppose people go, but, but what about capturing those moments in history? But we have cell phones now. You can take a photo of a baby anytime. Like, you can have people over for lunch anytime and take photos with the baby. Like, why do you have to have a, ba- a birthday for a one-year-old baby? Who is that serving other than the parents? Like, what are we doing? Like, also, are we just presuming babies like loud music? Like, I I can't imagine that's great for them. Like, oh, awesome. I don't really have sort of the cognitive wherewithal to understand anything or process anything. Here's 60 people I've never met that are, are screaming and laughing because they've probably had six beers and a tequila at a party that's not for me. It's what I would imagine a baby would be thinking if babies could even sort of process that. Right? It must be a nightmare for babies. Like, birthdays must be a nightmare because people make it a big thing and, they, and, and then you're inviting your friend who brings a friend and then they bring their husbands. Like, the babies... And then the baby's thinking, who are these other crying people in a place where I'm only... I'm the person who's usually crying. Like, who are these people? Why am I being introduced to all of them at the same time? I, I'm just, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I just think celebrating a birthday at one is not a thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't socialize your baby, but you're doing that all the time anyway. What's the one year celebration for? Like people are coming over for lunch, right? And granny and grandpa and friends and whoever are coming over in general to see your baby. Like, you know, I go over and see when, you know, I mean, my family hasn't had a baby in a while, but I'll go over and see the baby. Hey, let's hang out. It's it's an adult's birthday. Let's come around. There's a baby. Oh, wow. She had a baby. Amazing. How's the baby? What's the name? You know, have you dropped the baby? Well, you shouldn't ask that, but you know what I mean. Like, so... But it was explained to me that people say it's very, very difficult in the first year. So people are saying we're celebrating that, number one, the baby hasn't killed me and I haven't killed the baby. Because the first year is so difficult with crying, blah, 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 blah. I don't have a baby. And again, that's, I know that's going to shock people. But I don't get the point. I don't get the point of celebrating birthdays in the first six years. Because at that stage, also, if I'm a child, right, and I'm all for memories, by the way, like I've got great memories from when I was young, my mom's a birthday person. So please don't think I come from like a monstrous family. My family is the opposite of me. I'm more like my father in this sense. But my mom and my sister love a birthday and a bloody blah day. I mean, like, I'm not into it at all. Like yesterday was Mother's Day or whatever, whatever. I am not into it. Like, I'm, I try and be nice and a good son. Not that I am all the time, but I try and be that all the time. Don't need a day to remind me that it's my mother's day. Like, I, I try and be nice to my mom all the time. So I don't really care about that stuff. But anywho, if I'm eight, I reckon around eight you start knowing, you know what? I like Lego. Because before that, you don't really know. You can't try to fit in with your friends. But at about eight, nine, children really start to become confident enough to express their their personality, you know? Like, no, I don't like Brussels sprouts. 
So like, no, I don't want a vase for for my eighth birthday. That's for my mom. You know, I want a TV game. I want PS6 or whatever will be out in five years time. So give me a PS5. No, I want Air Jordans. You know, as, a, as an eight-year-old, I can say that. So what are we doing for the first six years? Because really, the presents are for the parents. And it's just so they, they can get boozed up, right? So maybe just a rethink. Like, let's not just do stuff because we've been doing it for a long time. Just a thought, society. You know, we, again, the community of raising your kids with other people is going to exist all the time unless you're a terrible person where you have to guilt people to come to your birthday. And those people, that, those people exist, by the way, that like, let's, let's say your girlfriend or boyfriend is a terrible person, but then you have a baby. We feel compelled now, like, oh, no, she just had a baby. Yeah, but she's the most annoying, rude obnoxious person in the world or he is yeah but they had a baby okay let's go for two hours you know unless you're one of those people but why are you hanging with those people anyway whatever like i heard a crazy story about a best friend yesterday and i'm like why are you still hanging with these people and then someone said yeah but they're my best friends i'm like okay whatever i was a nightmare i don't know why my friends hung out with me for so long i tried to change from being a nightmare so so i don't know maybe i'm wrong Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. Should we just be celebrating birthdays all the time? And what do we do about these people that are just terrible humans but force us to come to their house because they had a baby? So it's my, it's my child's third birthday. Like, why am I buying a present for a baby? Why am I wasting my money? Firstly, I'm not buying gifts for anyone. I don't buy gifts for adults. Like, get your financial situation together. I, 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 let, let me not go down this road. Because for those who don't know, if you're new to the podcast... I hate giving gifts. I don't think I don't think if you're working, I should have to buy you gifts. What are you doing with your own money? And on the other hand, I hate gifts because I have everything I need. Don't worry about it. Don't, like, don't worry about it. I'm fine now. I was a shambles until I was 30, I'd say. But I'm not a shambles anymore. So I've saved up. I have all the things. Every single possession that I need is firstly much nicer than you're going to get it. And it's the one that I like. So don't worry about it. I'm th- I'm 37 now. I know exactly what I like. Don't worry about it. Stop trying to think you know a special part of me because oh, I- I've just known him for 30 years and I know exactly what he likes. No, you don't. I do. I know who I, I, know who I am and I know what I like. Otherwise, just give me the money. But don't worry. Keep your money. Spend your money on yourself. Don't buy me stuff. Certainly not buying a bloody eight-year-old a thousand rand PS5 game. Get out of my face. What are people doing? Am I a monster? Because people seem to think I'm a monster. I think I'm perfectly rational. You don't need to celebrate your one-year-old's birthday. It, it's not that momentous. People everywhere are raising one-year-olds. Like, let's make some rules. 25, 40, 50, 60. Let's celebrate those birthdays. Maybe 18, you know, 18, 21, depending whether you're in America or the rest of the world, right? Because then you can drive and legally go to the army and kill people with guns, you know? Like, that's legal. We've legalized, you know, at 18, you can pick up a weapon, a murderous weapon, and go and chop down people somewhere else, not even in your country. You know what I mean? Or get a driver's license. Maybe I've gone a little bit far, but you get the point. 18, 21, 40, because 20 is not a thing, 30 is not a thing, 40, 50, 60. And then, even then, from 60, like, no need. It's not special anymore. You know, you're old now, you probably want to be in bed by six. So, not a monster. I, I, I just, I think there's a way to try and be your best all the time and enjoy your life without making us suffer through nonsense like uh, uh, listen i love a celebration love a lunch love a good music love a high quality pool party you know with good music if you're gonna have a house party by the way if you're gonna have a pool party can you please hire expensive speakers nothing worse than going to a nice pool party and the sound sucks you know what i mean you ever been to one of those 
I get it. And also get a proper DJ. Stop playing music off an iPhone. If we add a, like a, I mean a proper thing. I don't mean a, I don't mean a barbecue or a braai with your friends. Like barbecue, let's get the iPhone cable. And also stop letting your girlfriend play music because ladies, I do need to address this actually. Ladies have terrible taste in music because it's always crappy pop. It's, it's never, it's never, it's always crappy pop or like Drake, you know? What are we doing with that? You're killing the mood at the bry. You ki- I mean, American hip hop is terrible anyway, but whatever. You're killing the mood at the bry. If you're going to let your lady play, <laughs> and I might sound bigoted here, but if you're going to let her play music at a bry, you guys should have a couples playlist where you're like, okay, listen, here's the latest hits that are, that are going to bang. You know, I can't have you playing Katy Perry. And then it's weird for everyone because people judge you for that huge, huge role is being the person with the mic cable or whatever, you know, the audio cable. Anyway, didn't expect it to go there. Any, um, let's move on. Uh, LeBron James is crazy, isn't he? Wanted to just quickly touch on LeBron. Oh man, year 20. Sensational. I don't know if the Golden State Warriors um, dynasty is over. I think that might be a bit strong. Steph Curry is still doing his thing. But LeBron is a wild man. Anthony Davis, let's see. I mean, you, I'm not going to thank the postman for delivering the post, right? Like, Anthony Davis should be doing this. LeBron James should not. Basketball is hard, man. I mean, you, you see these legends with their creaky knees like that's a hard sport you know i read somewhere that these guys burn somewhere between seven and ten thousand calories a game absolutely insane shout out lebron western conference finals the joker who should have been the mvp because joel Embiid is not the mvp but anyway let's not open that can of worms not that show just want to shout out my guy lebron and then just one last thing love to know what people think about this one but do you know what do you know what makes me mad, right? Is when you let nerds take over sport too much. Like they're important because you need analytics and you, you you need to talk about nerds a little bit later. But like the one thing an old, decrepit, unhappy, self-entitled man like myself has left is test cricket, right? Like I don't give me T twenty cricket is a joke. Do not do not nobody must say oh you're gonna get old like your parents no it's it's a crap product I, I don't know what people like so much about t20 cricket but okay whatever it's here now accept it it's probably gonna be the only thing that's left in cricket right but you won't believe how mad this has made me is firstly the test championship thing makes no sense so that's going to be played on the 7th to the 11th of june but the only thing that matters matters in test um in test cricket now the only thing that matters, right, in Test cricket is the Ashes. Like, everything else is a joke. It's four Test series, blah, blah, blah. There, there is no other Test cricket series that matters anymore. It doesn't. Because Australia, even in India, play four, four matches. That's not a real series. It, it's nonsense, right? Why are you affecting the Ashes with a fake tournament? Why? Why is that happening? Because people say, oh, yes, but... England are going to play a warm-up series as well, or like against Ireland, I think, or whoever. But it's this is a real test match. They're playing India. Australia are playing India. They are at a disadvantage. And people say, yeah, but they would have had a warm-up match anyway. Warm-up matches, which England are going to have, are very different to test intensity. Like, there's 2.5 million US dollars on the line here. I think it's $1.4 million for the winner. Like, Australia are going to play to win. But you know what I'd do if I was Australia? Like, uh, seriously, I would do this. Like a big F you to the nonsense that is the BCCI and bloody, uh, like the ICC. What are, what are we doing? And, and again, maybe I'm wrong for saying we should preserve test cricket because I, I understand just as a TV product, you have to make it shorter, right? But the Ashes is the very next week. Why couldn't they play this meaningless t- thing any other time? After the Ashes, even. If I'm Australia, I play my B team. Like, I, honestly, I, I just I, I would get Pat Cummins to go chat to the lads upstairs and say, look, can you guarantee us a million dollars 
let's just play the B team because we have to win the Ashes. It's the only thing that matters in cricket anymore. And they've put this stupid ICC Test Championship the week before. Oh, my God. You know, why? Why? Why has that happened? Does everything need to change in order for people to feel valuable? You know, like news, not always better. The IC Test Championship is a terrible idea, number one. It doesn't work because they fixed the wrong part of the schedule. Play less T20 cricket. Test cricket was always fine. It was one day cricket that was ridiculous. But then they'll say more cricket, more revenue, more revenue. Players get paid more. So shout out. But at this rate, and I I guess I don't matter as a consumer. You, You know what I mean? Like I'm just old complaining guy. But I would imagine in five, six years, I will stop watching cricket because I don't watch. People ask me about the IPL. I do not watch the IPL. I find it to be a dreadful product. Like maybe I shouldn't say that because, ooh, you know, sound like old guy. Terrible. T20 cricket's terrible. Let me say that. It is terrible. I don't know what the skill factor is. I don't know how you know who the good players are from the mediocre players because it's so disposable. Like it's on all the time. Like it's just like, Oh, none of these matches matter. Scarcity is why the Ashes still matters, you know? Scarcity is your friend in sport. That's why the NFL is the king. That's why the Premier League is the king. It's only 38 games. Like, you're not getting... I mean, I don't even know how how the IPL works anymore. I've never known how the IPL works. I've never been into T20 cricket. But scarcity is important. It's your friend. You know? So I'm not happy about that. It's already interfering with the Ashes. If I'm Australia, I play my B team. That's what I'd do. Play your B team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you win the IC Test Championship. Nobody actually thinks that's the best Test team in the world. Like, it's clear. Australia's the best Test team in the world. They went to India and got a draw. Are you joking? Everywhere else in the world, they beat India 5-0. Right now, with the current, with the current setup of Test teams, forget it. Australia's the best team in the world. And this is a terrible Australia team. But nobody plays test cricket anymore. All the best guys don't actually care. It's like a little bit of England, a little bit of Australia, Steve Smith, Joe Root, Kane Williamson. And then, not really. Right? Ben Stokes, he's, he cares about T20 cricket. And I understand it, by the way. From the, I don't blame the players. I don't blame the players because they want to get paid and T20 is the way to get paid. And I'm all for that, by the way. I'm just complaining as a consumer that it's weird for me. You know, I can't tell you how much I love Test Cricket. I lived in Cape Town for three years, right? I think there may have been six or seven tests while I was there. I went to every single day of every test. And I get there at like nine o'clock, guy, by the way. I like to take it in, see what the conditions are doing. And I like to go alone because I actually love to watch every ball of the test match. So you've got to know what type of person you're dealing with here. I am besotted with quality test cricket. South African cricket's a joke, so I, don't, I barely watch South Africa anymore. Like, whatever. You know, I don't, I don't even know what's happening there. But the Ashes don't take that away from us. But they have. All right. Sort of get that off my chest. Like, I saw that, this, I saw that yesterday morning. I thought, oh my goodness. I'm going to have to talk about this. Get off my chest, you know what I mean? Say it with your chest. <laughs> Is that uh, Cat Williams? Said, oh no, no, it's, uh, it's Kevin Hart. Say it with your chest. All right, let's get into it. Um, start off with uh, Maurizio Pochettino. So I've had some thoughts. I know I said before I don't want Poch at Chelsea, which I still don't. All right. But let me tell you why Poch is perfect for Chelsea. Here's the way I have surmised life in my 37 years of life, you know. The one thing that's important to everyone is relationships. And ultimately, the the second best one, I would say, other than family, is romance, right? But here's the reality, folks. Not everyone you date will be wife material or husband material. Not everyone you date should be, by the way. Because I think you need to go through crazy, the goth, the party girl, the boring one, the loud one, the quiet one. You need to kind of date or, as the children are saying, vibe with. Got a vibe. 
with all of them because you need to know what gets you going, what you can control, uh, what you can work with, what your tolerance is for people that are like if you're my personality, I may not have a tolerance for quiet people. You know, I maybe I want somebody to match my energy or, or whatever, you, you know, not necessarily true. I'm just giving you an example. Like I'm a hyperactive person. So I would imagine I'm a nightmare for certain people. Like I cannot sit still at home. I, I've always got to be doing something, listening to something, you know, go for a run, go for a walk. Should we see what's outside? I, I get a tennis racket. I, you know, like I'm just, I'm always, if I'm awake, I can't sit still. I cannot sit still. So you you, you gotta you gotta see what you're about and whether you click with goth, crazy, party, quiet, introverted, extroverted. You know what I mean. Also, as a man, you also need to be willing to say I'm not at the maturity place to get married with this person because I'm 21 and I'm hitting, drinking shots out of the belly button of shot girls. You know, and also, I'm just talking to dudes now. Guys, maybe sometimes, and I've seen this work out for people, maybe let the opposition beat themselves. Let her date other guys so that she can see, oh, those are douchebags. Right? This doesn't always work. I'm just saying sometimes it works. Those are douchebags. I'm the good guy. I'll be here at the end. No worries. We're 28 now. Let's, okay, you've been through your nonsense. Let's get on with it. If you're South African, let's get the low installment. And I'm hearing people are paying a million rand now. So you should probably be saving for <laughs> for that over those 10 years while she's dating all the bad boys with motorbikes. And then at 28, she's got it out of her system. All right. All right, sister. Let's get it on. Let, let, let the opposition beat themselves. And I say that to say this. Um, Man City are the perfect way to run a modern club. That's really important here, though. Modern club. Right, and I'll give you my three steps as to why I think that, and why I think Pochettino is perfect. Number one, what Man City did was they invested heavily in a rigid long-term plan. So they figured out over sort of 10, 15 years, here's what we're going to spend, and here's what that approach is going to look like, and we're going to stick to it. By the way, every single year we'll add a Petrov, Ilano, you know, try to get Robinho up front. That did what it did. And then it will build slowly to a David Silva, Vincent Company type dynasty. Number two, right? As I said, you've got to let the enemy beat themselves. Let Chelsea get chaotic. Let Liverpool get chaotic and hire a manager who's like all in and heavy metal or whatever he calls it. And it's just, it's crazy, but we know it's not going to last. Arsenal with the ownership, Man United being a joke. Let them beat themselves and let them be chaotic. So if you are consistent with heavy spending and smart people, you're eventually just going to wear the opposition down. So you've let them beat themselves. You don't even need to worry about the market. Let the opposition beat themselves and be chaotic. But Man City did it perfectly in this sense. Get the right manager in place for the phase of your plan. So phase one was Mark Hughes. That was 18 months. That was the start. Phase two, right, when they built the foundation now, Roberto Mancini, three and a half years. Phase three was the reputation and stability phase, right? So now it's Pellegrini, you know, classy. Like, look, we've won a few titles, but we're not just that. We're classy, we're elegant, we're respectable. That's Manuel Pellegrini. And now we're really into it. Okay, now we've done all the grunt work. We've built the reputation. We've got the right squad. We've got the right players. We've got the right management in because we've tried a few management teams as well. Right? Now we're sort of seven, eight years into it. Heavy investment, smart people. Perfect. Chelsea are this. Now Chelsea are involved in wars and people are getting poisoned and this American cowboy spending 600 million. Fantastic. He's trying to do in six months what, what we've built culturally over eight years. Chelsea beat themselves. Arsenal beat themselves. Man United beat themselves. And then you get Pep Guardiola. 
because everything's ready now. You've got the best youngsters in the world. You've got the best academy in the world. You've got the best young coaches in the world. So the culture's set. The reputation is right. You've got the right people in the house. You've shed the fat, right? There's nobody at Man City now who doesn't get it. You've, you've been through buying the wrong types of players, your Ilanos, your Robinhos, your Petrovs. You've been through all that nonsense. Anybody at Man City now is under a winning regime. And there's a legitimacy to Man City now. Because you went through the phases and you stuck to the plan. Because, you know, when you do that, and you can apply it to your own life, right? When you stick to a plan rigidly, high-quality people are attracted to you. So Man City are in a place now where Erling Haaland's going, of course that's the right place to go. They don't fire managers, they play their own youth, and they stick to a plan. And I've never ever heard the Man City board talk. So Erling Haaland's going, oh, that's all about football. That's perfect. They clearly are long-term. I can go there, I'm young, I'm generational. That platform is going to take me to the moon and back. Maurizio Pochettino is perfect because he's Mark Hughes with a head start. Because really, Todd Bully now needs to get started again. So Poch is perfect, right? Because he's not a world-class manager. He's not a world beater. But what he's got to do is build a culture and reestablish the reputation of Chelsea Football Club. So what I would do if I'm Chelsea, and Chelsea fans, we're going to have to bite the bullet, right? It's going to be three years of no winning. But you're going to have to go through a few players, and Pochettino has to build a dog culture like you did with Mourinho straight away. But here's the crucial part. Stick to the plan. Even if Pochettino wins an FA Cup here and there, wins a League Cup here and there, sneaks another Champions League Tuchel style, after three years, you have to fire him. You have to move on to the next phase of the plan because he's not the next phase. What he is is Mark Hughes with a head start. Chelsea don't need to do a reputation rebuild. You can skip the Manuel Pellegrini and you know why Pep, uh, Poch is perfect? Pep Guardiola might be available in three years. Pep Guardiola might be available in three years. And Chelsea made this mistake last time. You know what happens when your dream girl is ready, but you're not? You, you only really get one chance with your dream girl. Because if she's what you think she is, she'll be on the market for a second. Someone's already slid in the DMs and they're already in Dubai. The worst thing you can do in life is have an opportunity present itself and you're not ready. Because that's what happened with Chelsea last time. They could have got Pep. They missed out on Klopp and Klopp culturally was never going to be a fit. But Pep Guardiola was there for Chelsea to take, but they were in the middle of a mess. And that was under Abramovich. But they weren't ready. They weren't ready. So what you've got to do as Chelsea now is that you need to make sure that you're a place that elite managers can trust. Forget about the winning. You've got, Chelsea's got talent. They, like, again, two years ago, they were champions of Europe. The, the squad talent's not the problem. Don't worry about that. What you've got to do now is, is reestablish a culture and a reputation. And I think Pochettino's perfect for that. He's Mark Hughes with a head start. Just get back in the top four, top, really top two within the next three years. With this squad, you should be top two in two years' time because this next season will be bumpy, but in two seasons' time, top two, and then top two again, and then you can push. Re-establish the reputation, re-establish the culture, and in three years' time, whatever happens with Pochettino, he must go because he is not the next level. And whoever's hot right now in three years' time, perfect. You tell him, we've got an established board, we've got, a great foot, uh, we've got two directors of football, all you need to do is come in, apply your tactics, and we don't fire, by the way. One of Man City's great things is they don't fire. And if they do fire, it's generally at the end of a tenure. With Mark Hughes, it was 18 months in. Right? With Mancini, three and a half years in. 
Pellegrini, it was really Pep Guardiola's available. Like, come on, pal. You know, Man City are so good that the cheeky uh, Bergestein and that whole entire Catalan board was in in Pellegrini's last season. So Pellegrini knew he was fired a year. Well, he was going. He didn't get fired, but it was, okay, Pep's coming next year. Let's prepare the board a year early so that they can get comfortable. They know what Pep wants. They know what Pep isn't going to tolerate. He's elite. He just wants to come here and coach football. He doesn't want to be worrying about, are we going to get the right profile of player? They know exactly what Pep's after. Pep's already given them a list of 10 players. All right? That's how you do it. Pep Guardiola is not going to a place that doesn't look like it has a plan. I don't know who the next generational manager is, but Carlo Ancelotti is not going to, he's not coming back unless you've got a plan in three years' time. That's just not how it works. Take it to your own life. Like, pretty sure there's a lot of people listening to this going, why won't this girl notice me? Because she can see you don't have a plan. And if she's a high quality person, I'm not saying if she's just good looking, because there's lots of good looking girls out there. It's not enough. There's lots of good looking. We, we got Instagram now. People can see like there's, there's billions of good looking women out there. Literally billions. And now you can see tens of millions of them. So looks are becoming less of a thing. Because there comes a time, right, when you want high quality, not just the vibes. You know, you don't want the booty pop and Instagram chick. Like there's lots of those. Whatever. You can slide in lots of DMs. But if you're talking about wife material now, that high-quality person, Pep Guardiola, Carlo Ancelotti, I think of as the two that I would want now in world football, they go to places with a plan. So what's the plan? And Chelsea have none right now, and their reputation is in the gutter. They got the, they've been called the, the London Cowboys. I like Todd Bully. I think he's smart. I know what he did at the Chargers, so I'm not panicked. But Europeans are conservative, man. They are conservative. And, and these top-level people realize my career is short. I'm not going to waste two years and win nothing and be part of, re, of a rebuild. No top manager wants to be part of a rebuild. Interestingly, Chelsea say they've done their spending for the next three windows, which I agree with. But it's now time to establish a culture and rebuild a reputation. Three years max. Three years maximum, by the way. That's what I do with Pep. Love to know what you think. Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. Slide in the DMs. If you're listening to this wherever you are, hope you're having a great Monday morning. And if it's not Monday for you, some people only get to listen to this on Friday night because they work hard. Work hard for money. Classic. Absolute. Banger. Works hard for money. So you better treat your right. You might be working. All right. Hope you're enjoying whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world as you listen to this. Please take a second to share the podcast. And then if you are listening on whatever platform you listen on, because the pat, uh, the, the pat, the podcast, the podcast is available on um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, please give us a rating, five star. Um, and leave a review, Apple Podcasts, I like this podcast, this guy's crazy, does he hate babies, whatever, just say something, you know, just say something, so please take the time to share the podcast if you can on whatever platforms you're on, it's the MKT show everywhere, uh, please do like, share, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, I, I was looking at the numbers, um, I, I, I I haven't looked at the numbers in about a week and a half, and I look today. It's just incredible. Thank you to everyone who takes the time to listen to this. I find it incredible because I just love doing this. It's mental that people like like what I've got to say. I just love it. I can't believe I do this for a living. Madness. I love it, but thank you. But please do like, share, subscribe um, wherever you are. Please leave us a review um, and let people know. Be like, hey, do you want to laugh a little bit? And hear a little bit about football. I'd say it's a it's an eighty percent football show, twenty percent we're laughing. So what you doing? We're laughing. We're having a good one. You know what I mean? Having a chuckle. Or as I say in London, we're having a bubble. We're having a bubble.
So it's at MKT Inspires, Mike Kilo Tango. That's MKT Inspires if you want to slide in the DMs. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you doing? You know? I hope this hour is like a cool time for you. So my biggest thing why I did this show, um, somebody once asked me and I said, for me, all I want is to be the best soon to be, yeah, or, or, or let's speak about right now, an hour. I want to be, I want this to be the best 40 minutes to an hour of your day, no matter what you're going through, you know, no matter what you're going through. I'm living pretty well right now. People always, people ask other people, I know people ask other people what I'm like. So I just thought I'd address that quickly before I, I, I talk about uh, whether we should spend 150 million pounds on a striker is I am a very boring person. So I eat the th- like three meals a week, right? The same three meals every week. Uh, I, I like venison mince. I'll, I'll have a steak. Oh my God. I just bought ostrich steaks from Woolworths for the first time. Shout out to Woolworths if they want to sponsor the podcast. But the ostrich steaks at Woolworths are maybe the best thing my tongue has ever... Well, that's strong. That's strong. I don't want to go there. But it's in the top top four things my tongue has ever experienced. Ostrich steaks, they, they come in like a tube, like a rectangular tube. Unbelievable. Anyway, I eat the same three meals throughout the week. Whole wheat pasta, venison mince, right? I'll have a steak and chicken. So if I don't get a rotisserie chicken, I'll put a chicken in the oven. That's it. I, th- that is what I eat. Like, that should let you know how boring I am. I train four times a week now, run twice a week uh, on the weekend. And that is literally my life. And then I'll see some friends. Maybe once every two weeks. So that's what I'm actually like. I'm actually like that. Um, tell you why that came up. Saw somebody on Thursday who's like, oh, I like the show. Somebody said, I'm just asking you if you actually like this. But I am probably the world's most boring person. I, I, like, the, how do you measure that? But I am close. So that, that is the life I live. I live a very rigid, disciplined life. Very boring, some people might say. A friend of mine said, she said, you're so strict. I said, I'm not strict. The only time I'm available to socialize, right? I have a, I have a window because I train on the weekend. I work during the week. What are we doing here? I train, so I run sort of 5.30 to 9. So I say I'm available sort of half past 9 to half past 12, Saturday, Sunday. Because otherwise I'm watching football. Like it's the one thing that outside of my family that brings me joy. What must I do? Not watch football. And I don't watch just the team I support, by the way. I just love the Premier League, like it's the only league I watch, to be honest. Like, I, I don't watch other leagues. A little bit of the Champions League, but I, f- I find that more and more boring. Um, I just love the Premier League. So, yeah. That's the life I'm living. People want to know what I'm actually like. So, I probably sound boring, right? I read a lot as well. So, in my sort of hyperactive things is what I do do is I, I've, I'm always reading a book. And I come from, so maybe I should explain why that's a thing for me. I'm not like some super driven person who's just come from the gutter. No, I come from a, my parents were born working class in the homelands of South Africa, but they are high level academics, both of them. And in my home, like if you, if you're dumb, it's like not an option. So reading is something that is in my family and I wasn't allowed in my in my father's house to say I don't know. Like he had, he, he bought the encyclopedia set, the new one, every time it came out. This is the household. So as soon as I he asked me a question, my father has general and not just general knowledge. So he, he's a he's a chemical engineer, right? But he has such an incredible depth of knowledge in anything academic, and even football. He loves football, but. Like, the, I just, there were, the, there were things that, I, like, how do you know that? You know? So that's the house I grew up in. And he'd ask me a question, like, spot questions all the time. And and we, we're we not allowed to say, I don't know. So, so I'm always reading a book. And it's because I was bred that way. You know? Like, 
um, being stupid is almost a choice in the household I come from. Is how bluntly it was put. Like, you know, so having a doctor and a chemical engineer as a parent and being dim yourself and not reading. Like, I feel guilty when I'm not reading because the, my father's voice is in my head. Like, why are you not educating yourself? You know? So somebody asked me, what do you read? Science, philosophy, and genetics. That's the stuff I read. That's what I've got. Uh, I've got my bookshelf behind me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's in there now. But yeah, so that's what I do. Read, train, socialize a little bit. Tiny bit. Socialize 10% of the time. Very boring. Anywho, sort of get to that. All right, like, share, subscribe. MKT Show, slide at, uh, at MKT Inspires. Slide in the DMs. What you doing? Who you with? Do you hate your boyfriend? Do you, do you hate your girlfriend? Do you hate your boss? Are you wondering what shoe size I wear? <laughs> I don't know why you'd be wondering that, but I'm a nine. I'm size nine. Yeah. 10% body fat right now. Had a test last week, by the way. No big deal. Is that a flex? Yes, it is. Bit of a beast right now, considering I'm 37. Crazy. Crazy. I'm in crazy shape right now. Ran 25Ks yesterday. Didn't even feel it. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. All right, let's get into it. Um, somebody slid in the DMs and said, Kulofel slid in the DMs and he said, he would buy Victor Osiman for £150 million and he'd get Guardiol is the other player he'd get. But I want to focus on the, on the striker thing, right? I want to focus on the £150 million striker thing. Uh, I just want to say this. Uh, I, talk, I, I kind of touched on it a bit earlier. I don't think we should value things just because we've always valued them. Like, I hate people who say, when I say, why are you doing that? Oh, no, it's it's like we as a people have always done it that way. I'm like, firstly, can you not think? Are you, are you a dullard? Are you thick upstairs? Like, saying we've always done it this way is, is such a terrible reason for doing anything. We shouldn't value things because they were valuable 15 years ago. Why? And I guess I know why, because it makes us comfortable to say things like, oh, but it's, it's my culture. You're here in South Africa all the time. So why do you treat this, I don't know, women like this? It's my culture. Oh, my God. So you're stupid. I, like, seriously, whenever people say, yeah, but it's our culture, it's our tradition. And Europeans love that. I'm like, oh, so you're thick in your brain and you can't actually, culture should evolve. Anywho, different podcast. Because here's how I value it, right? And, and, and how I'm, this is the type of person you're dealing with, is a housewife was the gold standard 40 years ago, right? Like now, if, if I run into a woman who I take romantically seriously, I'm heterosexual, forgive me for my sins. But if I run into you now and you're not a high-level academic who's got a career vibe, get out of my face. Like, I'm not, like to me, if, you're, if there's nothing upstairs... There's lots of, as I said, there's lots of good-looking women in the world who are surgeons, particle physicists. No big deal. Those are the two P. I've had two girlfriends in my life. One was a particle physicist. One was a surgeon. No big deal. I'm not saying I'm a catch. I'm just saying that's the record. You tell me. You tell me. Anywho, housewife 40 years ago, that's the gold standard. Now, anyone who's worth their salt, tell their wife, get to work. What are you talking about? I want to stay at home. Right, the standards moved and changed, and life changed, and women are industry leaders now. Like we're in 2023, what are we even talking about? Right, what are we even talking about? I mean, a long time ago, you had to be a big, brawny, tough guy, the war king, you know, on the front lines. But now, nerds have produced atom bombs and nukes, and heat-seeking missiles. So now we don't appreciate grunt guy; we want smart. Like, how often do you see models with nerds? Shout out to the nerd brigade, by the way. I'm all for it. Like, I'm a meathead guy, by the way. I'm, I'm a complete idiot. So I fall very much in the... If you're listening in a different country and you don't get the culture. But I'm I'm very much a brew. Like, a, I'm a middle-class brew. Like, how's it brew? Went to a boys' school brew. You lack a brew. So I'm, I'm a bit thick. Like, I, I'm not... Yeah, I don't know how I got... You know, these two ladies, 
I, I still think there was a glitch in the matrix with both my girlfriends. I don't know what they were doing. I have no clue what they're doing. But things change that we should... And, and when, when the smarter we get, we value, you know, wit and different things. But here's what's really important as well in the striker conversation. Don't make the exception the rule. And I know in Twitter culture, people love that. And, and people are very good at seeing the, the woods, the trees, right? Is don't make the exception the rule. Harland, Drogba, Aguero, and to an extent Lewandowski, they're exceptions, right? Like, how much better are Man City with Haaland? Just be honest with yourself. They scored 99 goals last season. They're going to score between 99 and 105 this season, let's say, right? Let's just give them that range. Like, so how much better are they, like, with Haaland? How much, how much better has he made them? Be honest. This is not the best Man City team you've seen. They got 99 points three seasons ago. Or 93 points or whatever. They got 100 points a couple of seasons ago. So this is not even close to the best Man City team. Not even close. It's, it's not in the top three best sides I think Pep's produced. They scored 99 goals last season. Without. With heart, could Aguero having heart problems. He's got a weak heart. Maybe it's because Maradona's daughter left him. Hey, dying of a broken heart, real thing. But Kuluguero, a year later, can't play. So he wasn't there last season. Kevin De Bruyne was basically false nine. Listen, the two guys who got things started are Jose Mourinho and Frank Rijkaard, right? Guys, I think the number nine is overrated in modern day football. He should be functional. Your number nine should be functional. He should no longer be your goal scorer. He should be functional because Jose and Rijkaard started at sort of mid-noughties, right? The wingers and a number 10, 8-10 who can produce. Think Ludovic Juli, Leo Messi, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, um, you know, Bale, Robin, Duff, Lampard. Think of those guys breaking from deep. As football got cleverer, you started to realize where the space was. The space is out wide. Let those guys take on and they'll be your goal scorers. They'll arrive late. My point is, don't spend 150 million on Ossiman because he's not generational. He's not going to take Chelsea to another level. He's an, he's a relic, and he's stop it. Serie A is a joke. Congratulations to Napoli, but Serie A might be the fourth, fifth best league in the world. It's a joke. Like I watched Milan versus AC Milan the other day, Inter Milan. What is that the standard? Like, oh my God, it's putrid. So don't tell me because Osman's scoring goals there, he's going to come to England and do it. And quite frankly, I don't know how good he is. Lukaku, Osman, even Lewandowski, to be honest with you guys. I'm like, mm. even Karen Benzema. I'm like, because mm. the Ballon d'Or was nonsense. Like, he's not the best striker in the world. He's not the best player in the world. But they're relics. For me, my number nine now, if he's not generational, is a waste of time if you're talking about goals. Because that's not where, especially with the 4-3-3, the 3-5-2, 3-4-3, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it morphs and changes, right? Salah, Mane, Mbappe, Vinicius, Saka, Rodrigo, Griezmann, Gnabry, Rafinha, Kivracelia. That's where the goals come from now. And it's not new, by the way. Pep didn't invent it. Rijkaard did it before him, and Jose did it with Duff, Robin, and Cole. Your inverted wingers are where it's at now. And you know when teams get themselves in trouble? That you saw it with Chelsea, right? With Romelu Lukaku. Don't pay generational figures for a player who isn't generational. And number nine in football doesn't change your fortunes anymore. Erling Haaland has not changed Man City's fortunes. <laughs> By the way, Robert Lewandowski has not changed... He didn't change Bayern Munich's fortunes. He didn't, he didn't change Barcelona's fortunes. He didn't. By the way, Barcelona were winning La Liga titles without him. Please, do me a favor. It was like two or three years. Turns out they may have been paying referees, but that's another story. But they were winning without him. Don't worry about it. 
Lewandowski has not changed the Barcelona Football Club. They got knocked out in the first round of the Champions League. The number nine in the modern game is not changing your life. Lewandowski is not generational. Stop it. He had maybe 18 great months. And don't give me Dortmund. Like, please. Salah, Mane, Mbappe, Venetia, Saka, Rodrigo, Griezmann. That inverted 10 hybrid sort of eight is where it's at. Don't pay generational money for people that aren't generational. Chelsea learned a tough lesson with Romelu Lukaku. Number nines, don't change football anymore. Erling Haaland's generational. Please don't make the exception the rule. Erling Haaland is a freak of nature. It's like Drogba reincarnate. Samuel Eto was a freak of nature. <laughs> Drogba, freak of nature. Kun Aguero is an exception. You're not gonna this league will not see another Kun Aguero in this lifetime. Harry Kane, he's not changing Tottenham's right? But trust me, Gareth Bale got them close. Remember Gareth Bale? Unbelievable what he did to Mycon. Harry Kane's not changing Tottenham's fortunes. Before Harry Kane was this Harry Kane, Gareth Bale was doing that. Tottenham, Tottenham can come forth without Harry Kane. Don't worry about it. Son is changing. That's a problem. He fell off and now Tottenham are useless. Harry Kane's still doing what he's doing, right? He's a, he's a terrific player. But when Son fell off, oh no, Gareth Bale left. Harry Kane was still there. Gareth Bale left. Oh no, we're terrible. We're terrible. So the modern day game for me, just get a strong functional number nine. That's all he needs to be, functional. I thought, I, I was mad when Chelsea let Olivier Giroud go. Because everybody's thinking he has to be Drogba. Drogba had to be Drogba back then, but now you... And Drogba's generational. Romelu Lukaku's not functional. He's trying to do too much, and he's a crybaby, quite frankly. That number nine role needs a dog. Olivier Giroud's a dog. And also, he must... The role of the modern-day number nine, actually, is to stay out the way. Let people play off you and just stay out the way. Be a dog, chase everything down. And then if you're Erling Haaland, okay, cool. That's nice. But that's once in a lifetime. There isn't another Erling Haaland alive on the planet. Lewandowski is not even in the same conversation. And Kunagüero is gone. There isn't another striker in the world right now who's even on the same planet. Don't even say Osman. I'll vomit. Don't even say Osman. I will vomit. So get a functional number nine. Benzema's a functional number nine. He's not a brilliant player. Like, I'm so tired of hearing that he's some legend. Please. Benzema was at his best when he had Bale and Ronaldo, and then they propelled him to that next level. Look now without, without Bale and Ronaldo. It's not the same, is it? Same Benzema. I don't see trebles. I don't see three in a row anyway. I'm not seeing trebles. I'm not seeing league and cup doubles. I, I'm not seeing that. Maybe you are. I am not. I am not. One Champions League, please. Get with Gareth Bale, three Champions Leagues in a row. In a row. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Real Madrid's build around Vinicius. You and I know that. And if you can get it at number eight, so like Arsenal have Odegaard, right? That style of number eight, ten, a hybrid t eight, ten. Who can break it to the box. And I think Chelsea have one in Conor Gallagher. People say I'm crazy. But I love Conor Gallagher because he breaks in the box late. And he, he'll get on the end of things. And he does what they call in British football. He gets beyond the last man. And that was Frank Lampard at his best. Gets beyond the last man. That's what it's about now. The number nine should be an icing on the cake. He shouldn't be the cake. The cake should be Mane Salah. Because look what happened to Liverpool when you lost a generational winger in Sadio Mane. You went and got Gakpo and you went and bloody the number nine stayed the same. Doesn't matter. Number nines don't matter now. Unless you've got like, honestly speaking, since Strogba, I haven't seen anybody like Haaland. Just like, okay, that's the whole package. The finishing's on point, the left foot's on point, the right foot's on point, the control, the, the body control Erling Haaland has, especially at his age. 
That's something that's really impressed me. I don't mean ball control. His ability to control his body at high speed. He's a massive man. Drogba, that was Drogba's great thing, right? Forget the ferocity and the goals and the finishing. Drogba's ability to contort his body, right? And put defenders in awkward situations and have that balance and power and be able to translate that was just incredible. Like, you look at a lot of big strikers. I see Cody Gakpo now at Liverpool. He's quite clumsy. Because usually big people are, right? They're like that body frame, Lukaku, clumsy. Lukaku has no body control. Now, he's been eating way too many muffins. He's a bit of a chunky kid. Um, I don't like Romelu Lukaku at all. At all. But, but Haaland's generational. He's Drogba reincarnate. Don't make him the rule. And Osman's not even close. The striker must be the icing. And even when it is the icing, it must be generational icing. None of that cheap nonsense that your aunt does last minute. Go to a proper bakery and get generational icing. You don't need to spend $150 million on Osman. It would be madness for Chelsea to go after Osman. I don't think Chelsea need to worry about that. Just get Ollie Watkins. Seriously, just get Ollie Watkins. You've got so much firepower from out wide. The number nine's job is to facilitate Pulisic, Mudrik, Havertz, Mount, Conor Gallagher. He must facilitate and bring them into the game like Drogba did for Lampard. There's a great interview with Frank Lampard and how Drogba changed his life at Chelsea. His job is to bring the number eight, number 11 and number seven into the game. Like Benzema did for that dynastic run. Just bring Bale and Ronaldo in. Your job is to hold off defenders, make high-quality runs, and, and do the grunt work. Back in the day, it was, we need a finisher at number nine. You don't anymore. It's silly. Leo Messi showed us. Neymar, who's lukewarm. But Mbappe, right? Where, where are those goals coming from? On the left. Osman Dembele, Let, make those guys your stars. And forget about the number nine. It's stupid. I think it's stupid that people think a number nine should still be your focal point. It's so silly. It's so archaic. It's so predictable. Because now if he's not Drogba or Haaland, we double up on him and then what? We funnel the ball in there. If we've got a clever number six, he kind of um, screens the ball off and then we've lost it. And then what? Because... Listen, at the highest level, you're playing 3-4-3, 4-3-3 now with one up front, right? Nobody's playing two up front. Nobody does that. Somebody, somebody suggested Lauturo Martinez to Chelsea, and, and I nearly vomited. And I'm a big Inter Milan fan. He is, as the children are saying, he's mid. And that doesn't mean midfield. He's mediocre. But on the children's streets, on the, on the tweet streets, they're saying, he mid, because he mid. Laturo Martinez, you, 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 you're having a laugh. 150 million pounds. Like, Todd Bully's come out and said he's made some mistakes. Like, stop now. Stop with the madness. Let the football people do the football stuff. And the football stuff is you don't need a number nine in modern day football who's bloody Samuel Eto. You don't. It's not where the goals come from. Focus on your number eight, focus on your seven, and focus on your 11. Your inverted wingers should be getting you 70 goals a season. That's where the goal should come from. Love to know what you think. At MKT Inspires. Oh, bloody hell, I've been going an hour today. It's because the, the dumb babies made me rant at the beginning, I think. Babies don't need birthdays. Sorry. Like, like I don't think that's a hot take. Anyway, let, let, let's not go back there. I, I got quite heated there. Hope you have a great week, eh? Whatever you're doing, um, yeah, I hope uh, you had a great weekend. If, if you are into Mother's Day, listen, I'm not going to lie, I'm a mommy's boy. Uh, didn't phone my mom, just sent her a text. Like I speak, I speak to my mom all the time. So no need, no need to, she, and she knows. Like, by the way, before people say, oh, he's such a whatever person. She knows. Like, I'm, she knows. I'm not phoning you for your birthday. Like, whatever. Congrats. You survived. Good luck. What did you have for lunch? That's me. I, I, I'm not saying happy birthday. 
No, we're not doing that. I'm not saying Happy Mother's Day. I, I, I phone my mom once, a, once a, at least once a week. Chat to, her, chat to her on Monday morning. You know what I mean? Every Monday morning, we have a chat. We have a call. Give her a call just now, you know what I mean? Give her a tinkle in a little bit. See what she's up to. I, I don't need Mother's Day. Tell me to be a good son. When, uh, say, oh, what did you do for Mother's Day? Why don't you, you get the hell out of my face? That's what I did. That's what I did. What do you think of that? Bloody hell. Also, how many presents do mothers need as well? Or, or should we not go there? You know? Like, I'm not in prison. Maybe maybe that's the gift. You raise somebody who's not in jail. How about that, mom? There we go. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell. Out of here.